It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Nothing but a little cupboard o stink. That's what you'll be dealing with. <laughs> right, here we go. <clears throat> Welcome to episode 232 of 20 Minute Tims, and on this episode I am joined by Stephen. What's happening, folks? And Melly. Yes. And what a week it's been on this emotional roller coaster <laughs> that is following Celtic. But before we get into all that, this podcast is brought to you by our Patreon, where we have over a thousand people supporting us on Patreon, enjoying extra podcasts and videos from us. There's something there for everyone, and you can support us from as little as £2.50 a month. We've got instant match reaction, tactics and analysis, and a live preview show. Check it all out at patreon.com slash 20minutetims. Check that out, see if there's anything there that you like. Um, and I suppose there's been a lot of news this week's lads a lot of news and I think we've got a lot of listeners overseas especially in the States and all that and before we begin I just want to acknowledge that you know it's pretty obvious that the people have spoken uh, they've had their voices heard and it looks like there's going to be a new guy in the job we know what job we're talking about by January uh, yeah unfortunately it's not the Celtic job we're talking about <laughs> is that a bit of satire there a bit of political satire to just call me tonight. Ian Hislop of the old Celtic <laughs> podcast game uh, what's his magazine Private Eye I'm sure they'll Something be picking like the picking the phone up shortly um, anyway we need to get right into it last week we saw Celtic embark on what should have been Stephen and Melly a very straightforward Europa League tie against the worst team in the tournament who are ravaged by Covid who's not playing any domestic football and who actually benched some of their better available players but it turned out to be one of the most embarrassing defeats we have suffered in years is my summation of that accurate Stephen yeah, it's, it was um, absolutely dismal, <laughs> absolutely atrocious performance. There's there's no getting around it. It was just an absolute mess. Positives, I suppose, that we started all right. I thought we were quite mm. good in the first like fifteen minutes or so. I thought we dominated possession, but goodness me, it just it just absolutely fell apart in and in spectacular fashion. We'll obviously get any more detail about this game, but my basic thoughts are, are these: you cannot be losing. 4-1 at home to Sparta Prague and I know we, every time we have a European game our, our position on it is that there are no mugs at this level right you don't take no. any games for granted certainly not in a group stage that, that just doesn't happen anymore but you take into account the, the various circumstances involved and you've just listed them Jamie the, the fact that they were ravaged with uh, you know, pullouts due to Covid they were full, 17 year olds and all that playing 
down them. They they were the worst team in the the tournament prior to that. They'd conceded what, seven goals in two games, I think, prior to the Celtic game. Uh, it's, it's it's hard to talk about because beggars belief. It does beg a belief, yeah. And we, I know we're we a couple of days or we're a few days on from it, and we've had a more positive result since then. But that it doesn't erase what happened there because, to all intents and purposes, we're now out of Europe at this very, very early stage. And I'm, I'm not happy about it. Melly, do you think I was right to say it's one of the most embarrassing defeats that we've suffered in uh, a number of years? I mean, we've had, obviously, Lincoln Red Imps, but obviously we, we got the chance to make good on that defeat. It didn't really put us out of anything. Under Neil Lennon, we've had a few. We've had Copenhagen, we've had Ferenc Varos most recently. Where does this rank for you in the embarrassing slash unacceptable defeats? It's the most embarrassing. The most embarrassing in the last 10 years, definitely. It's one of those really? ones where you... You just go, that that's it. This is a turning point. Much like the, the Ronnie Dyla Europa League group stage, where we're just like, this guy's not got it. Sort of got the same yeah. feeling from that. Because as Stephen said, trying to pick out positives, the positive was they hit the bar and post three times and it was <laughs> only 4-1 and not 7. <laughs> I know. When comparing this to other embarrassing results, and they're all there. I mean, we don't need to go back too far in history to find an embarrassing Celtic European result. Uh, but people are saying like, like PSG was worse than this and all that. Like, I oh, Wesley. Yes, we get pumped off PSG. Seven one was it? Um, but Sparta Prague don't have the four or five of the top ten players in the world currently playing for them, but like PSG did. I mean, that's it's a ludicrous comparison. Yes, numerically it was a heavier defeat, and I think Celtic's heaviest defeat in Europe ever potentially. Um, but. No, the, the, look, context needs to be applied here. This is Sparta Prague we're talking about at home. We're not talking, it's incomparable to taking a doing off at that point, the richest club in the world with, you know, the best forward line in the world, one of the best centre halves in the world in Thiago Silva. And I think Danny Alves as well. It's, the, the, it's night and day, chalk and cheese. You cannot yeah. compare those two results. You don't even, aye, there's no point looking at this and going, aye, but we were beat by. A superior opposition because Sparta Prague are so far down that ladder yeah. so far down that table that this is an absolute shocker whichever way you want to slice it and it's a shocker in a week or a time frame when Neil Lennon could afford no more shockers mm. now admittedly it's not a domestic shocker but that, that doesn't absolve in my opinion that this pattern that we're seeing with Celtic and once again Melly we're back to the tactics it was clear on the night from the almost from the very start that things just weren't working the approach was all wrong the shape was wrong the application for the players was wrong it was obvious where the danger was coming from with Frimpong going forward leaving huge gaps once again we've got this problem with Shane Duffy at right centre back This is these are issues that are obvious to absolutely everyone else why are they not obvious to the Celtic manager Melly? I don't know I really don't know we've spoke about it so many times this season if you switch around managers do we get a better result? Probably, because their manager looked at Celtic and even though they had they were decimated by injuries and call-offs, he must have thought, like, I can still get at this team because it's so obvious and easy to play against Celtic. We play 4-2-3-1, which is a bit crazy in Europe, especially because there are no mugs in Europe, but going into a 4-2-3-1 with two fullbacks that fly on, so we've basically got two defensive players. We don't have a holding midfielder. No wonder teams just cut us open. It's so blatant to see Celtic's deficiencies in these games. We're just left leaving centre-halves one-on-one, simple balls down the channels that gives your strikers 
space to run in. Every single time, they went 3-5-2 because they knew they could do that. Two strikers just go down the channels, we'll flood the midfield, have the defence drop into a five when we need it. And they absolutely schooled Celtic all over the park. It was embarrassing. The issues in the Celtic team are playing for everyone to see. The number of goals that we've conceded recently, two against Rangers, three against Milan, three against Aberdeen, two against Lille, four against Prague. The number of goals that we've conceded in the last handful of games should ring out about how bad this defensive and how bad the defensive organisation is. Now, albeit Mullowell, Duffy lost his place, but that's after you get knocked out of Europe. The issue yeah, here is yeah. the Celtic defence and the manager's inability to change it, isn't it? The defence is a mess just now and it's a it's a sad day. I know Julian is a good player, but you're absolutely screaming for get, to get guys like that back in the team. You're wanting desperately to go back to the, the golden era of Ayer and Julian together mm-hmm. when really, were they playing all that well at the start of this season either? I know they've been good in the past and I have advocated for going back to that partnership as well. It's just that, um, a shame Julian isn't available just now, but it really is a mess. It brought in Shane Duffy to fix this. And he has had the opposite effect. He, he is now a negative impact on the Celtic defence. He's not, he's not only hasn't improved it, he has made it significantly worse and he is costing Celtic goals. So he lost his place to Motherwell. The fullbacks thing you talk, you started talking about Jeremy Frimpong there. Jer- Jeremy Frimpong is a guy I'm, I'm a big fan of. I think he's a cracking player and will only get much, much better in the right hands. Notice I add that caveat. He will only get better because he has a lot of potential, but he is woefully out of position at times now but the defensive organisation as it stands is an absolute mess and it just makes me wonder what does John Kennedy do the defensive coach <laughs> we need a defensive coach <laughs> by the way I don't actually believe that and people say, still say that with alarming frequency they still talk about how John Kennedy is failing as a defensive coach just on Julian I don't think there's any doubt now that Julian's a better defender than Shane Duffy Neil Lennon brought in Shane Duffy presumably to shore up the back three when he was playing 3-5-2 but prior to Shane Duffy coming into the team so when Julian was in the defence we'd conceded four goals our last seven games there we've conceded 13 goals I don't think there's, right. I don't think there's any doubt that this Duffy thing isn't working and it's not been working for a long time and what I'm struggling with Melly is why the manager had to get booted out of Europe to discover that to discover that and it's not just Shane Duffy we don't just want effectively, to point to Shane effectively by Duffy. the way we're not, not quite out of Europe yet but, but effectively I know what you mean effectively yeah. I uh, uh, by the manager's almost admission and by Callum McGregor's admission after the game I think they've I think they're pretty much at it but yeah, more on uh, that aye, the, the real issue is the defence but it's not just Shane Duffy it's the organisation in the game mainly it's the organisation at set pieces it's a shambles it's all over the pitch we can highlight Shane Duffy but if your fullbacks are flying on and you've not got midfielders who are in position to stop it, it's going to, going to happen. We've seen it so many times with Celtic. How many times did we see it, say, last season as well when we got to Copenhagen or we were in the qualifiers at the start of last season? Right through the qualifiers this season, all it takes is two passes and you cut mm, right yeah. through the Celtic midfield and you're in on the defence and there's always a fullback further on. Celtic, you have to adapt your tactics in Europe and Celtic simply don't do that. If we're going to go into Europe, I really think we need to play a holding midfielder with two midfielders in front of them, but we don't. We play two midfielders with one in front and one of the two midfielders that's meant to be sort of holding is a 35-year-old who can't get about the pitch. It's absolutely mental. Scott Brown, if he's playing in Europe, has to be sitting in front of the defence with two guys in front of him. One game we've done that. Can I just suggest something here? Real. Call me mental. Call me mental if you think this is a bad idea. Can we not hook Scott Brown out of the team, right? Because it's not working, right? Not whether or not Scott Brown's working or because he was good against Motherwell, whatever. 
but would it not make more sense to have near Bitton in that position? So when the fullbacks are bombing on, near Bitton can drop in and make a three at the back, more more defensively aware. In an ideal world, but again, this is us just, oh, it's not working, so could he play here, could he play there? The, the issues are, we players haven't been fit, so we haven't had everybody available to do this, and how many times have we sat here and said, look, Neil Bithon's our centre-half now. He's not played in midfield for years, so we can just, we're going to go back now and say, oh, can I just must. shock you? I want Neil Bithon in midfield, despite what I said earlier. I, no, but look, sometimes sometimes need must. I think it's pretty obvious that w- whatever Neil Lennon has concocted here isn't working. We're shipping goals left, right and centre. We're, we're in real danger of losing this league, which is the real issue, yeah. right? Mm. We're in real danger of getting papped out of Europe here. And, Although we've just spent the last 10 minutes talking about the defence, which is obviously a big issue for Celtic and one of the biggest issues that presented itself in that game, this goes way beyond the shape, doesn't it? I mean, the, the issues in the night go way beyond the shape. You could say, like, changing to three five two might have solved it, but I don't really feel like that would have solved it because the team, every individual, this was a team without motivation. The full 11 seemed to be playing without instruction. Neil Lennon said after the game it was like 11 individuals on the pitch. They seemingly have no clue where to be and what to do at times, and as a result, Melly Celtic looks so vulnerable all over the pitch. Oh, they do, and we've seen that. It was getting to the point where you're at, we're going to concede here because they were all over us. They had three cha- three massive chances within two or three minutes. They had one that Scott Bain saved well. They hit the bar. Then from the corner, they get the first goal. Celtic didn't learn the lesson. They didn't get into shape, and again, another goal from a set piece. It's just it's criminal absolutely criminal guys getting beaten to the ball guys ball watching and every time it's simple stupid goals we give away and it's, it's no coincidence anymore that it's down to everything it's down to tactics it's down to knowing your role and they don't know that and they don't know what the tactics are playing we could discuss this whole game Stephen and the fallout from this game and Celtic's recent let's, performances let's do that right and, and never mention never even encroach upon the topic of whether, about whether or not Neil Lennon should be moved on we don't have to. We could just give our opinion on these games and let the listener decide based on yeah. based based on what we are saying. When you looked at that Celtic team the other night, even Callum McGregor said it after the game, we're, we're throwing men forward to attack, leaving ourselves two on two at the back. This is a player coming out and publicly criticising the way the managers set the team up. Melly said yeah. it there. The players are not learning their lessons. But surely, Stephen, the way football works is the manager doesn't send out a shambles where there's shambles and messes all over the pitch and players playing with no cohesion, and then the players figure it out on the pitch. That's not where it happens. No, it happens no. in training. It happens in the coaching. They should be a well-oiled machine. We should really, a year and a half in, Stephen, to Neil Lennon's tenure, we shouldn't be mess- seeing messes like that. Yeah, no, of course not. And there is an element of, you know, once they cross the line, they have to find their own way to solve problems that arise that weren't planned for on the pitch. There is an element of that but it shouldn't be the whole thing. It shouldn't exactly. be just, right, let's just see what happens. Let's all just And that element forward. exists as well. Ah, that yeah. element does exist here as of well. Course, so yeah. we're not absolving the players. Yeah, and something Melly said earlier, um, it, and it is something we've been talking about for more than a season now, because I remember talking after the Sarajevo, the previous Sarajevo game last season, one of uh, Bowling Goalie's debuts, um, or one of his first games rather. One I, of his I was debuts. watching it and I was there with Tom, Tom of this parish, um, and we were watching it and we were like, Celtic are so easy to cut open. It's like one, two passes and all of a sudden this team have got a chance. And we even saw it against Motherwell as well, the amount of chances they were able to create. Yeah. And if they had anything up front, it may have been a completely different story. Obviously Celtic were fairly comfortable in the end, but we allow so many chances against us, it's unbelievable. And 
it goes back to what I said again about the, the PSG. Or you know, PSG is just a specific example. You can pick Barcelona, Bayern Munich, any of the teams that have gubbed us in the last few years. See if it is. Neymar has skipped past two players and bent it into the top corner. Or take your pick, Di Maria, Draxler, any one of these guys, Mbappe. If anyone does a moment of just undeniable genius and buries you, you're like, well, there's very little we can do about that, right? Mm -hmm. You can set up all you like, you can reply all the tactics and try and shut these guys down, but there's a reason that they're, these guys are the best players on the planet. But that's, again, it's Sparta Prague. You shouldn't be getting cut open by two passes straight down the midfield and the amount of like, Or, as happened in this game, putting in what I would describe as five-a-side challenges, like yep. McGregor for the yeah. first, was that the first goal? And then Same. Shane Duffy for that ridiculous memed one uh, ever <laughs> since where he, he just Aye. turned the completely wrong direction. What those challenges were are the type of things you do literally get, if I, I'm, I'm only like sort of 80% joking about comparing it to fives because there's a kind of gentleman's agreement with fives that, ah, like, nay slideys, mate, we've all we'll got, got a lot in the morning, morning. you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> let's calm down, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Don't go in too hard. So you you basically, your only option to take it off someone is to just stick out a leg and pretend you kind of tried your best to take it off them. That's what Shane Duffy looked like in that challenge. It is, it's criminal. It's so easy to just carve your way through this Celtic midfield and defence. Because I'm focusing a lot on Shane Duffy, of course, because there's no getting away from it. His individual performances have been comical lately. But it's what leads to that as well. It's what leads to that. He's, yeah. he's, he's the last link in the chain when it comes to defending and we're exposing him time and again. When you look around the pitch, there are many players, you know, not performing. And Neil Lennon obviously made the decision on Shane Duffy and took him out of the firing line or gave him time off or whatever you want to keep call it. Uh, old school football. My, my dad would just say he's been drapped or hooked. So, you know, you can you can call it whatever you want. Yeah. Um, Callum McGregor himself... I don't think was particularly good. However, I'm willing to give Callum McGregor the benefit of the doubt as a player who's, as I've said a couple of times in this podcast, scrambling about, trying to make it all happen, trying his best to make up for other people's mistakes all over the pitch, which he just absolutely cannot do. But let's have a conversation about Odson Edward, a player that Celtic need, a player that, you know, is the talisman for the side, a player that got us out of so much trouble last season and in the past has got us out of so much trouble. By far the best player on the team, by far the best player in the country looks so far off the pace. Yeah. Um, you know, we're still getting stuff like he plays against Prague, gets dropped for the following game, Neil Lennon says he's still having a bit of a hangover post-COVID. Fine. Even if you take that on, take that on face value, that performance against Sparta and his subsequent, his previous performances rather this season have really got me asking questions about whether or not this guy really wants to be here and whether or not selling him in the summer might have been a better thing to do. It's old Harry hindsight, but as you say, the... His uh, performance on Thursday night was unacceptable and it's been labelled at him before that it doesn't look like he wants to be here and I'm not very comfortable with that. But on Thursday night, that's exactly what it looked like. It looked like like that and it looked like he wasn't working hard. Elianusi and Christie either side of him and they were pressing and he was just strolling about like that, that wee video of Messi we've seen over the last week where the guy just mm. runs past him. It was pathetic from Edward. We need players to be putting in everything because we're not playing well now. So you need the team to put in 100% and then go from there and we're not getting that from a lot of players and Odds and Edward's one of them. It was just it was embarrassing and it was just as if he wanted to be taken off at any opportunity. With Edward, much like with a lot of other players in the past, I give them a lot of benefit of the doubt if it comes to the point, and it's a conversation we've had many times, if it comes to the point where you're simply too good to play in Scotland, 
I get that. I understand you know, what their motivations are. If you've spent two or three years in Scotland, you probably think, right, I've kind of I've done that, regardless of any fans perception of what they should stay for what we perceive as ambition to win the 10 etc etc if you if you reach a point in your career where you think you have to move on i get it but look well there's no transfer window open just now even if you do feel aggrieved and not having been sold to the summer and from what we're led to believe there was only one bid from a yep. middling bundesliga team it's not as if like arsenal or barcelona or any of these teams came calling it was just you know it was just a, a decent bundesliga team we're led to believe You've got to go on with it, mate. What this Celtic team is experiencing just now is a lot of people, and I say people because I mean players and coaching staff, are having their careers devalued at the moment, their career prospects. Everyone's everyone's value is sharply dropping because of the performances that are going in just now. Edward will still get a good move, but could you know just try and turn it on just now and and at least leave on a on a high note and you know like make yeah. his miss yet? And I, I understand that Neil Lennon has since said that he's still not fit from his bout of COVID. And I, I get that as well. That, that's I'm perfectly willing to give him that allowance. But why did he start in this game? Why did he start and then came out of the team against Motherwell because he's still not fit from having suffered from a viral infection? I, I, and it's a conversation we'll need to have tonight as well about some of the things Neil Lennon has been saying lately. Yeah, yeah. definitely yeah, we'll get yeah. to that. Hashtag just saying stuff for Neil Lennon recently. But that was another one where, look, man, I don't, you're... You're communicating to the fans here. You need to try and start making a, a bit more sense. I'll, I'll come across as a wee bit more, uh, a, a wee bit more clear and concise when when we're talking to the fans because it, I know we don't really like the comparison with Brendan Rodgers when it comes to professionalism and all that kind of stuff. I think some of that is unfair. But what Brendan Rodgers made us do as fans during that era was listen to the management. We every time Brendan Rodgers spoke, we paid attention. Yeah. And okay, some of it turned out to be complete bullshit. Right, we've had the, the jokes about that. But now, as a result of that, we pay attention to what Neil Lennon says and we pick up on when he's making completely contradictory statements, which is happening a lot recently. One thing Brendan Rodgers always said, he used to say to the players, the wages in the bank every month, we fill our end of the bargain. Yep. We pay the wages, we make you yep. better. You need to fill our end of the bargain. And it's very easy to shovel this onto all Neil Lennon. But there are players in the team who are playing. Ryan Christie's definitely playing. Scott Brown's definitely playing. Lax Alt's playing. Frimpong playing but not playing well there's players there that are showing the, the, the level of application that's required Yeah. and at the moment Odson Edward isn't one of them so I think Neil Lennon nearly has to really has to assess where Odson Edward fits into his plans going forward on these on these recent performances no you can tell Neil Lennon's he's floundering a bit he's trying to fling in a Yeti yeah. one week Edward the next week I know there's a lot of games coming up but my worry is again I've said it before that these players are I think they're playing for Neil Lennon. I think I don't see them just going out there and going, you know what, I don't care because as Jamie just listed a lot of them, they do. And it, judging by their performances, it's just not working out tactically for them. My worry is they are playing for Neil Lennon, but they don't know what they're doing for mm, Neil Lennon. Right. And it's all getting all individual, like you've said with Callum McGregor, running about like a headless chicken trying to mop up with everyone. There's guys going forward, there's gaps in between. These players were with Brendan Rodgers. I know Brendan Rodgers was sort of lucky appointment, a one-off, a really good manager. But he went out, gave these players a system and said, play to this system. And if you play to the system and it breaks down, it's the system's fault or the players within it haven't played well. So we can sort that out. So we can go away, look at it. Was it the system or was it the players? Because you're the better players and you're fitter. This, new, this Celtic team go out and it's, they've got better players so that's how they win and when that falls down it's on the players 
There's no to yeah. or fro. There's no, oh, wait a minute, maybe if we, we turn this, it's always the players let me down, the culture, all this sort of stuff that Lennon's been on about. And it's, it's all nonsense because every single time we come up against a team with any sort of technique, any sort of tactical knowledge, we get found out and we get absolutely embarrassed in Europe time and time again. And it's no coincidence anymore that any sort of level up or equal level, it's not even equal level, teams below us are now beating yeah. us. Teams below Quite us are now below beating us. In terms yeah. of, yeah, in terms of resource and players, quite a bit below us. You said it, Melly, embarrassing, and it's not just that's not just the words of this podcast, it's the words of Callum McGregor. After the game, he says, you can't lose 4-1 at home, it's embarrassing, I'm devastated. It's really difficult to put into words how bad it was. We're so disjointed, it's unbelievable. We've got half the team trying to score, but we've also got two for two at the back. You can't do that at this level, you just get picked off. That's Callum McGregor being openly critical of the management, the players, the system, the way we approach the game. I've, it's been a long time since I've heard a, a Celtic player be very, very honest about that. And I think Callum McGregor's always very honest in his post-match interviews and it's intriguing that he still gets put up for them because that, for me, left no space for for any excuses. And that is one thing we've been saying a lot on the Patreon previews and stuff like that. We're beyond the point of excuses now. Yep. We're beyond the point of excuses. Neil Lennon, yeah. his post-match, lack of application, lack of hunger, and it's not us. So there has to be a culture change and I've got to change it quickly and the players need to change it quickly because it's totally unacceptable for a club of our standing. What's he talking about with this culture change, Stephen? Because as far as I can understand, he inherited a culture of winners. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this notion, Stephen, surely that you can change a culture in a couple of days or you change... No. These things are bred over months and uh, weeks and they, they, this is this is the... This is the golden nugget at the heart of football management. Is it not creating that culture? It's yeah, not just something absolutely. you can turn on in a couple of days. <laughs> Work harder at training between Thursday and Sunday and we'll sort the culture. No, that's that's complete nonsense. Before we, we go on to that, just exactly one what Callum McGregor has said there. You've got two options there, right? See, if the team is so disjointed and everyone's bombing forward, leaving two on two at the back. Only two options for me, unless anyone's willing to or can come up with anything else. One it's Neil Lennon and John Kennedy's instructions for them to do that, to just bomb forward willy-nilly and leave leave ourselves wide open at the back. Or two, the players are taking it upon themselves because they don't believe in the system that they've been given. Neither one of those is a very a, a very kind of yeah, enviable outcome, mess. to be perfectly honest. It's an, it's an absolute mess. Those, to my mind, are the only two possibilities. On this stuff about the, the culture, you're absolutely right, Jay. It's a crazy thing to say because if you take the, the club as as a business, right, and that's the that's what you tend to talk about when you talk about building a culture, it comes from the top. It's not it's not in the dressing room. That's from the very top. If you were to mm. bring in someone to fix your toxic culture at a club, a consultant, let's say, the first thing they would do is, well, who created this culture? Who's yeah. the Who are the most influential figures in that dressing room? And it's Neil Lennon and Scott Brown. So they, those two are the first out the door if they've they've fostered this culture for the record that's not what I'm saying should happen but if you follow Neil Lennon's words out to its natural conclusion they're the first ones to go if there's a negative culture in the dressing room so it, it's a very odd thing to focus on and, and it's certainly not built over the course of a couple of games James McFadden said on Sportsound uh, the other night after the after the Sparta Prague game that oh, you need to remember the state the club was in when Neil Lennon found it. And I'm like, well, hold on a minute here because this, this state, aye, the club was a relentless winning machine, absolute football mentality titans in, in that dressing room. 
all the, the only thing that had happened was the manager had left. That it, so yeah. you can't talk about the club being in a state. The manager had left and been replaced very very quickly with a guy that James McFadden sought to defend here. You can't describe the club as in a state. That's complete nonsense to me. So the the culture, if there's something wrong with the culture, it has been. It's because it's been chipped away at over a long period of time and it takes a long period of time to build that back up again. What does he mean, Melly, when he talks about the culture? What is he dis- what is he saying? You know, I'm not saying what I know what obviously the word culture means, but what is Neil Lennon saying about his own Celtic team there when he says the culture change? Is he saying they're lazy? Is he saying they're not listening to him? Is he saying is Neil Lennon look at this situation and going, you know, I used to have a bit of a reputation for being a firebrand. I used to shout at players, I used to be aggressive, but do you know what? I was a winner when I did that. I've come in and I've taken these guys and I've tried to be more pragmatic. I've tried to not do that. Maybe Neil Lennon's looking at this situation and going, maybe I need to become the aggressor again. Maybe I need to become shouting Neil Lennon because I've got nothing less to lose. Snarling man. Snarling. Maybe he needs to become the snarling man again. But <laughs> what does he mean, Melly, when he talks about the culture in the camp? This is the problem. I'm not sure. I'm just trying to guess here because as we've spoken about, he's coming into this club. They were an absolute winning machine. They knew exactly how to play. They all knew their roles on the pitch. And it's now got to the point where this is now Neil Lennon's team. This isn't Brendan Rodgers' team. He said, but are we tri- rewinding too far? Because we only need to rewind back to January there. It was a winning machine. Smashing everything in the yeah. league, left, right and centre. This- Neil Lennon is... Un- is he undoing his own culture? What, this is what I'm trying to understand. This is what I'm trying to get you to answer, Millie. Is Neil Lennon saying when he says we need to change a culture, is what he's saying coded for they're all lazy bastards or they've all stopped listening to me or I'm too nicey-nicey? Is that what he's getting at? Well, I think it's, it's the fact that this is now Neil Lennon's team. This is his culture. He's been in there long enough. He's got enough of his own players. He's had enough time in the transfer window. He's had enough time on the pitch to implement his style and it's not working. So... He's just trying to deflect it back onto the players for me and say, this is your culture, Neil. This is what you've bred. Mm. You have chipped away at what they had before and now this is you. So if you're going to change the culture, you have to change what you have bred here. Jamie, I know this is an audio medium, so the listeners won't be aware of this, but have you noticed that tonight Melly has a prop for the first time? Just to give you an idea of how stern he is tonight, He's, yeah, he's got a he's pen. Got one of those teacher whips. Is that yeah, what he's, he's got? Is <laughs> he's got a pen and he is knifing it at us with every oh, point yeah. he makes to to just drill it home. That is how that is how upset Melly is tonight. <laughs> see, Steve, I'm, see, Stephen, when I when I was asking that question to Melly, I'm going to ask the same question to you. Neil Lennon is saying he's looking at this, going, "I need to change the culture," and this has been picked up on. This has been the hot topic of of well, as well as another thing that he spoke about. What is he? What does he mean? What 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 does Neil? How is Neil Lennon describing there the culture within his own camp? Is he saying these guys are losers now? <laughs> yeah, well, effectively, there's a lot of implications that go with it. We can only we can only speculate on what he, he means. But what comes with talking about a negative culture comes with it accusations or implied accusations of laziness or complacency or I don't I don't know. Like, again, like, much like I think Mel, he's, I think mate, I think he's talking about old Lenny. I think that's what he needs to bring back. I think yeah, he, yeah. I think Neil Lennon's saying I'm too soft on them. Well, he did. He also used the phrase "back to basics" as well. So maybe that is an implication that he's going that he's going back to the old Lennon because he's fed up. Back with being to Gullen Sands running up and doing my player on their back. Is that what is that, is that what they're doing? <laughs> that's, aye, that's it. Every day, every day, going in and doing burpees, burpees at training, right, burpees in a full English. <laughs> See what what Neil Lennon has been saying a lot recently and people might say that we pick up too much on what he says but there comes a time when someone has said maybe four, five, six questionable things where you start to think, well, 
what is it you actually mean here? And you know, this might be the wankiest thing I've ever said in the podcast, but Occam's razor has to be applied here. Like if you if you're faced with six of these things, it becomes more. It becomes a case of the the less ridiculous outcome is that he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I'm again, I'm being facetious. There. I'm not, I'm only, I'm not saying Neil Lynn doesn't know what he's talking about. But if he keeps saying things that make out that he doesn't know what he's talking about, that's what we're going to be led to believe. If he says something like he's not big on shape, we can then allow him the benefit of the doubt and say, well, that's not really what he meant. What he meant was such and such. Yeah. When he said, when he then says, oh, I think the players are overcoached, we can again go, uh, but he doesn't really mean that. What he means is this. And then when he says, I don't do, or I haven't done the post-match analysis in a long time, which everyone jumped on the other night. Yeah, when it, that, was the, that right. was the second thing I was alluding to. Yeah, again, everyone jumps on it. And again, we can go, right, okay, well, maybe he doesn't mean that. But if you if you keep making his work to defend you and what you're saying, yeah. maybe just stop saying these things. It's, it's becoming very difficult. It's very unfair on Neil Lennon, right? But I feel like he is a guy who desperately has to fight for his reputation. And that's just what we're faced with with Neil Lennon all the time. He, he constantly has to remind people that he is a professional football manager. And that's desperately unfair on the guy because he, is, he deserves the right to be considered a successful football manager. But I think he's trying a little bit too hard now. Um, he keeps having to remind people he's professional. And that's again, that's, that's unfair. But I think he keeps just saying things that completely contradict something he's previously said there was the 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 more the more you know say phone thing right which was like a, a completely ridiculous a throwaway incident a throwaway incident i understood why people were annoyed about it because see in the midst of a result like that people are going to get annoyed at everything right so i understood why people were focusing on it but for the media to bring it up and, and talk about neil lennon or, or ask him about it was, was a bit ridiculous I, I kind of understood where people were coming from because if that was like an english player if it was marcus rashford or raheem sterling who was caught on his phone in the stand it would have been front page news and he would have got absolutely pilloried for it but mm. he, he says things like, I don't care about these things. That's the media putting that on it. But you brought it up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you were the one that said he better not have been on his phone. And then two days later, he says, well, I didn't say that. No, that's, that's all Do you know what you I think no that is, though? Here. That's What's old that? Lenny fighting you. That's old Lenny fighting <laughs> new Lenny. That's old angry <laughs> Lenny coming out after the game going, he better not fucking been on his phone. And then new uh, Lenny having a couple of days to think about going, look, we dealt, with, we dealt with it internally. We sat down, we had a chat and it was all fine. It's the same with the... Remember after the Ferenc Varos game, he said, oh, some players don't want to be here and I'm tired of it. Then he, he, goes, he goes back on it a couple of days later. New he, Lenny. <laughs> and blames everyone else for it. He blames conspiracy theories for, you know, conspiracy theories in the media about, about dressing room fallouts. And I'm like, Lenny, see if you don't want these conspiracy theories, don't start them. <laughs> that's, that's a simple solution to that. When Lennon's talking about the, the culture and the lack of application and the lack of hunger, see being if Neil Lennon wants to go back to the old Neil Lennon, be more aggressive, shout at the players, have them more aggressive on the pitch, that's fine. But teams can still pass right through you, so you need <laughs> to sort that yeah. first. So even if you do all those things you've talked about, change that culture, you need to apply tactics to it because teams just see right through you and it's so simple to see play against Celtic right now. The games are coming thick and fast for Celtic, which Neil Lennon and the team say is a good opportunity to right the wrongs and they did have an opportunity to right the wrong against Motherwell. If you want to see it that way, they beat a Motherwell side 4-1. Neil Lennon on this game merely rang the changes with yet another lineup, which had me thinking, does Neil Lennon know his best of living? I don't think so. I don't think so. And this is part Mental. of the problem, isn't it? It's part of the problem we've had all season. 
Uh, we've been chopping and changing some of it, obviously, down to injuries and personnel being out with COVID and that sort of thing. But there are so many games we have to freshen up a bit. But again, another defensive pairing, another back four, goalkeeper kept the same. But is Scott Bain long-term going to be the man in there? There's so many questions within the team. Again, Scott Brown starting three games in a week. Absolutely crazy stuff. So there's... Well, hold on, I'm going to have to stop you there. I'm not defending Neil Lennon, but Scott Brown was one of the best players on the pitch against Motherwell. So yeah. that, I don't know if that came into it. That's starting three games a week. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. No, it doesn't, but it's, a, it's the wider problem because we don't have MD else to play, do we? We don't. Neil Lennon doesn't trust MD else to bring in, so he's having to play a thirty-five-year-old in every game. Scott Brown's been substituted. He gets substituted in the Sparta game. So, uh, is that because he wasn't playing well, or was that to rest him for the weekend? I don't know because it looked like it was to rest him for the weekend because he thinks he's so important. But it's a, it's a wider problem, isn't it? We've got a thirty-five-year-old playing in a midfield too. It doesn't work, but the problem still is. We've done it so many times this season, brought player A in for player B. It's the same problems we see every week. It's the same fundamentals that are going wrong within the game. Stephen, Celtic did give away far too many chances to Motherwell. They were yeah. extremely susceptible at crosses. That's where Motherwell got their goal. There was a couple of chances. Tony Watt could have put it in the back of the net. Same old problems, even though with a change of personnel. That being said, I was pleased to see Nier Bitton in the side. I thought he'd, he'd done a better job than Shane Duffy had done in, in recent weeks. Yeah, I th- beat on. Uh, I was uh, getting a little bit carried away with before the Sparta game. For for anyone who isn't aware, we do a live preview show on on Patreon for our all in patrons, and we 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 seek to replace the the Sky or in that case BT build up. You know, mm-hmm. if everybody's fed up with Chris Boyd and Chris Com, well, Chris Commons isn't really involved anymore, is he? Finally, make a good decision, Sky. We've, but we've put, we've put him out of business. That's why. Yeah. I, um, so if anyone seeks, anyone wants to get rid of them, 
come on, get involved with the boys and we'll do your, your pre-match build-up for you. But we were doing that and I got awfully carried away with Neil Beaton's ability, didn't I, Melly? Because I was, <laughs> my head was floating off into space talking about how good he was <laughs> and Melly was just pulling the, the balloon string back down to, to stop me floating off entirely. I, I thought he was pretty shaky against Sparta Prague, to be, to be perfectly honest. As much as I talked him up pre-game, there were a couple of dodgy moments I think while it was still nil-nil, I think Celtic had dominated the first opening exchanges, but it was a couple of ropey passes from Beaton that allowed Sparta Prague to get on the front foot. But I've got, I've got no issues with the, his presence in the team at the moment because I think he provides something that the rest of the... Def- because I think you he get emotional. Some- <laughs> Don't bust any tears. <laughs> because I think he provides... I was going to edit that out there, but it stays now. <laughs> choked on nothing um, <laughs> because I think he provides something that the rest of the defenders can't a, l- a little bit of composure and the ability to pass the ball we're sure as shit ain't getting that out of Shane Duffy so uh, I think his, his inclusion made sense especially with the returning Ayer who I thought could provide a little bit more stability back there as mm. well the, the inclusion of those guys was definitely a positive um, in, a, in, a, in a week that we didn't have too many another positive though was the performance of Ellen Tom Rogic and Ryan Christie as well, but particularly Mo Elianusi, he managed to bag himself a hat-trick and Tom Rogic. But that Elianusi performance tells me that there's players there who can win games for Celtic if they're yeah. given the tools to do the job, if they're given a structure, if they're given players around them, if they're given instruction. In many ways, it doesn't really bode too well for Neil Lennon because we'll touch on this at the end of the game, but what this game told me was all the tools are there to win this, win games in this league. You just need to make sure you're putting them together and using them in the right order, Melly. More than I say, though, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he was brilliant. It's uh, something he, he just does. He gets into these dangerous positions. Uh, uh, oh, an upgrade on Scott Sinclair, I think I said previously. <laughs> and then when uh, we switched to the 3 5 2, I was like, oh, there's no position for him. But he's playing in his right position on that left hand side. And as we've spoke about, no coincidence, he's came into form when he's got lax out, Christie. Rogic all, all beside him, all guys creating things and making space for him. And he's he's a good finisher. He's a great finisher, in fact. We've seen it with near perfect hat trick. We had the header, the right foot and the left knee. So eh, we'll give him that one. But he's picking away there. But it was a great <laughs> header as well. And the first goal, just a sort of striker's instinct. He's in there for the rebound after some decent play from Ayeti. And I think him and Ayeti sort of worked a lot better together than... Edward and Elianusi because they both drop off to the one side so there's there's problems for Neil a lot of problems for Neil Lennon to solve but as you say Jamie the players are all there to do it he just needs to find the right system for them all Stephen you love a cut back and a tap in I love yeah. gambling at the back post mm, I, I think right. that's an absolute must you must 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 always gamble on the rebound Neil um, Lee Griffiths does it fantastically Mo Elianusi showed great instinct and that is a player who's alert hungry confident looking forward to the game so Neil Lennon got a response out of him in that game didn't he? Definitely and he seems quite um, Elianusi seemed a wee bit prickly after the game as well in his, his post-match interview because I think what the interviewer you know asked him about uh, having scored a header and he said well I'm actually good in there I don't know why people underrate me there I, I can I can score headers so it was interesting to see him coming out and fighting his corner after suffering a, an inexplicable backlash for his phone pad and again I've already spoken about it because I understood it at the time but for it to carry on days into the <laughs> in, think, into the coming days was ludicrous especially with Paul Lambert do you think there was Lambert. a lot of weight on his shoulders though do you think there was a lot of weight on his shoulders because according to Paul Lambert he did let Jock Steen down <laughs> uh, how much? am I doing boss 
to be fair, see, see as far as the, the paragon of Celtic insults go, right? So no, so no matter the worst thing you can probably do as, as a Celtic player is, quote, let Jock Steen down. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, there's no, where, where do you go from that? What if, heaven forbid, an uh, unknown Celtic player ran over a dog with his car and they went to Paul Lambert for, um, for comment? He couldn't say once again, well, he'd let, let Jock Steen down there because that's the that's the tariff for being on your mobile phone. <laughs> Where do you go from there, Paul? You oh. fucking overshot that massively. Oh man, I know. It's just I just imagine what Paul Lambert was pictured in there. That just the, the clouds part. Jock Steen just peers down from from on high and looks down and just says, well, first of all, I don't know what a mobile phone is because I died in 1985, but." I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed in you, Moy. And Moy just burst into tears. But Paul Lambert has a very active imagination. If this is what he's talking about, you, how? What how is did the they thought process? Pish themselves laughing. How did, <laughs> how did the journalist at the other end of the phone know? Pish themselves laughing oh. when they hit. They go, Paul. He was only on his phone. What did you think Aye. I said? Did you think I said he killed somebody? No, he's only on his phone. He's let Jockstein down on that one. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully made. Hopefully, though, with his performance against Motherwell, him and Jockstein made up. Um, he answered the call in a way, and El Yunusi didn't he, in this game. But uh, a, a sensational performance, and from Tom Rogic as well. Uh, the the hat trick was great. He's been fine goal scoring form all season now, and particularly in the last few games, there was a a period this season where it looked like. I think he got a couple against Reykjavik and then had a wee dip in form, but that's probably coincidentally when we started playing him as a, a sort of auxiliary striker just yeah. off the, the front one. So that I, I can't blame him for that. Melly, in fairness to you, you kept the faith with Moy all along. You urged us to, to back the man, and, and we did. And I worry where we'd be without him just now, to be perfectly honest, because he's, he's been absolutely sensational for him. Even last week we were talking about the take the goals away. He's still an absolutely key player in terms of his work rate and his pressing. Everything that Moyle Unissi puts in is, is absolutely great just now. I think that front four there of Rogic, Elinussi, Ayeti and Christie are probably the strongest front four Celtic could pick at the moment, given given the form. And in many form, ways, yeah. Yeah, our, our problems really aren't at the front so much as they are at the back. If we could get a, a back four performing as well as these guys in the front four, mm. we'd probably be onto something. Tom Rogic, we cannot speak highly enough of Tom Rogic on this podcast. Yeah. Amazingly, he's starting to play more minutes now. You know, he seems to be completing more games than ever before. I don't know if that's Neil Lennon being reliant on him or Tom Rogic happy to do that. Ryan Christie, I think he, I think he takes this shoot from anywhere instruction. <laughs> just a shade yeah. too far. Just a shade. <laughs> just Admittedly, it's a, it's a potent threat and he scores a lot of goals and causes a lot of problems and keepers and defences have to be aware of it. But sometimes you think... If you just wait, just or, or just take an extra touch, just don't always, don't always pepper the goal with those mm. shots. We might be a bit more fruitful. My um, favourite one, one from Ryan Christie at the weekend there was Moeli Nussi. Bagged two goals, free kick, right outside the area, more suited to a right footer. No, Ryan Christie takes it and smashes it right off the wall. Fair play, Ryan. <laughs> Unforgivable. And a, a, a he likes that Lennon though, doesn't he? Sorry, he, he likes that Lennon though, doesn't he? A guy who just shoots from everywhere because we, we well, think back to Chris Commons, doesn't he? Chris Commons liked a shot from absolutely anywhere. So uh, I don't mean to sound like we are calling Ryan Christie the Chris Commons with less sodium in his system. Uh, he, is, he, he is his own man. He is not Chris Commons. Chris Commons with less trans fats in his system. Um, <laughs> although he's not getting in amongst the goals, though, I, I'm very pleased with the Yeti's performances as well. He looks hungry. 
He looks yeah. hungry to succeed and he's grumpy when he gets taken off and I like to see that. I love it. He hates going off without getting a goal or at least one goal and his link-up play is so much better right now than what Odds yeah. and Edward's given us. He's work rate, he's link-up, he's bringing other players into play and see if your striker's not scoring. You'd worry if the rest of the team wasn't scoring, but we are. We're getting hat-tricks from El Yunusi. Rogic is setting up, what has he set up, five or six goals in the last few games as well. So we're getting goals and assists from elsewhere, but Ayeti's putting in the performance, putting in the work rate, and then he goes off having put in an absolute shift, and he's still raging he's not got the goal. Unlucky with the first goal, mind you, because it was a decent shot, very very sharp as well from him. So I think going forward, if we get back after this international break, as Jamie said, that's the front four, and it's up to mm. Edward Griffiths, Mikey Johnson, James Forrest when he's back to break into that, and they're going to have a difficult time. David Turnbull as well. Other than that, I mean, Tom Rogic, it, we kind of run out of things to say about him. We, we, we've not really had much opportunity this season because he hasn't played an awful lot. He's only come into come to the fore recently, but a word I would use about him is just mercurial, because we don't have a player like that, we don't have, yeah. I mean, players like that barely exist anymore, guys who, do you know who what play he with me that of? fashion. Yeah. Do you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of one of these Yugoslav, I'm probably describing it the exact player, some sort of Serbian or Yugoslavian player from the mid-90s who smokes fags at half-time <laughs> uh, and gets a helicopter, uh, uh, who gets a helicopter into training, like, one of these <laughs> yeah. myths, he's barely yeah. fit, he won some sort of competition to come to Celtic, but when he's on the pitch, his feet are just absolutely magic. No. That, yeah, that's the kind of player Tom Rogic is, and I think he's going to be tremendous until like his mid to late 30s. He's going to be one of these guys that yeah. just keeps like Nakamura or something. He'll end up playing like Pirlo or something. He'll just start yeah. getting further and further back and start playing, start pinging deep Get passes. Get out in the deck chair, yeah. just ping passes left, right and centre. I have a final thing on the Motherwell game. Scott Brown was was much better. I thought he was actually you know excellent, but a point Melly made on the the reaction was that he'd actually given the ball away quite a lot, but despite Wildly. the fact that he, yeah, there was one or two absolute shockers, but he then made up for it by winning the ball immediately back, but two very, very slack passes. What I would say about that is, I think he was excellent to a point, but that probably proves that he shouldn't be starting every game. I think he, he was good for probably an hour and then started playing some some dodgy passes there. But I saw the graphic after the game where he was basically first or second in terms of basically every you know, the main kind of defensive metrics that, that you know, mm. very vague me metrics such as like recovering possession and all that. So I think he did that job extremely well, even if one or two of them were from his own mistakes. But that's all we can really ask out of Scott Brown is to be, is to be sharp onto these Motherwell attacks because Christ knows the defence needs it at the moment. So the Motherwell result, you know, as Neil Lennon said after the game, it was their opportunity to get back and put the, the misery of the Sparta game behind us. And and they certainly did that, but it doesn't allay anybody's fears, certainly not on this podcast anyway, about the, Neil Lennon's future. Neil Lennon seems to be one bad result away. I, I think mm. it's fair to say Neil Lennon is one bad domestic result away from potentially losing his job or the heat being turned up. It's so unbearable. Um, it, that leaves a lot more questions than answers. Melly, we said on the podcast before, we all kind of unanimously, unanimously agreed that we said that he should get to the international break and avoiding any domestic defeats should should probably keep his job. The problem is, I don't think any of us anticipated an absolute capitulation and an embarrassment to Sparta yeah. Prague. And it's not now a case of bad result, lose job, good result, keep job. We're looking at the body of work here. And there's a lot on the line. And I particularly myself listen to a lot of sports journalists, Tom English and all that. These guys saying, you know, you're laughing, Stephen, I know. Celtic <laughs> yeah, are hamstrung by the 10. They're obsessed with this 10. Aye. They're bedwetters. I'm not obsessed with the 10 as much as I'm obsessed with winning the league. 
over a, a league of teams who do not have the advantage we do, who don't have the financial yeah, yeah. advantage, who don't have the, the players' advantage. I just want the team to be performing the way they should be performing. And for me, they're not doing that under Neil Lennon. It's just a fact. It's a matter of fact now for me that the team are not performing the way they should be under Neil Lennon. And he knows it. He said as much. I think he's scrambling now with excuses and team selections. He's obviously, obviously wants to turn that around. I don't doubt that. But I have my severe doubts about whether or not he can. And especially with the form Rangers are in. I don't want to hear it. Rangers, uh, see the form Rangers are in just now? It's worrying for this league title. Yeah, yeah. And I can hear the voices now, oh, is this a Rangers podcast now? You shouldn't be bumming up Rangers. Facts are facts. And Rangers form right now is not putting the balls off where we were in the Invincible season. Very Will they keep it up? Yeah. Who knows? But they're doing it whilst we're being in, in bad form. So mm. that's, when you're looking at a team that are top of the league and they don't look like shipping many points anytime soon and we are scrambling all over the place trying to find wins and fumbling from one loss and defeat and a draw it doesn't make for comfortable watching and it's not about the 10 it's about winning one it's about winning this season and I'm, yeah. I'm losing and I've lost any faith in Neil Lennon and being able to turn this around Melly yeah look to my fault I've been trying to defend Neil Lennon over the past few weeks I've said look give him to this international break but after that game on Thursday night I just had to wash my hands of him because that, that's too much. I cannot sit and watch Celtic, who everybody's going on about the 10 and winning this league. And that's fine. Everybody wants to win the league. But you do not forego Europe for that. If you're good enough to win the league, you should be going into these European games. I've grown up going to see Celtic in Europe. And now Neil Lennon's taking us from a team who we didn't qualify one year out of three for the Champions League. It was seen as a disaster. Going into this now, remember Stephen, I said to you when the transfer window shut, it seemed like the, the sort of end of the road for this team, even though we'd yeah. brought in so many players. And at the end of the season, next season, do you see Neil Lennon being there? Do you see a lot of players being there? Do you see Peter Law being there? Very rarely in football, unless you're Alex Ferguson, do you get to ride off into the sunset? It doesn't happen. It doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah. If, you're, if your plan is short term, it rarely works out. And right now, Celtic's plan is short term. Neil Lennon's taking this Celtic team. They were good in Europe last year. Now they're not. They're not qualifying for the Champions League in these two attempts so far. If he stays on till next season, manages to win the league, they'll not get into the Champions League because he doesn't have the tactical wherewithal to do it. We're now at a point where we're in the Europa League and we're an embarrassment. We are not even competing in the Europa League. Mm. And for me, that's too far. That's too far. That's time where you go, so what does Celtic want then? Does Celtic just want to scramble on in the league and maybe win the league by a couple of points or lose the league by a couple of points or do they want to be the best team they can be and compete in Europe This I want to be playing in the Champions League Celtic should be qualifying for the Champions League we're not even going to get out of Europe in a group that is pathetic a Europa yeah. League group against a Czech team now that Sparta Prague team are a team we're going to come up against in the qualifiers for the Champions League they ripped us apart at Celtic Park now we're a joke we get beat more times than we win in Europe. Any team with any tactical nous with a decent manager will come up against this Celtic team and beat them. And any team in Scotland, Stephen Gerrard, Rangers, with any sort of nous will beat us because it's easy. All he had to do was drop his fullbacks back when he played us and that was us. Game plan done. Neil Lennon, Celtic legend, great guy, had great times with the club. But now, next season, if Neil Lennon's a Celtic manager, do we win the league? No, probably not. We don't qualify for the Champions League this season if Neil Lennon remains Celtic manager. Will we win the league? 
I don't think we will. So I think it's time for me to say that's enough, Neil, because this is still, we can still win this league if we make a change now. If we drag it out, I don't know if we can. Well, st- strong words from Melly. And of course, you know, you can't please everyone. Obviously, we're just, we're a fans podcast at the end of the day and our, our views are, are our own. And if anyone comes away with this with the takeaway that we are anti-Lennon, you're absolutely miles off it. Do you know what I mean? Aye, you're, you're, yeah, that's, a, that's a completely unfair accusation. I think what Melly has said there has been very measured and laid out and I think he's made his case very well. I'm worried now. I'm worried now that with all that Melly said when he talks about Europe, where you just forgo it. I worry that what Celtic are becoming is a narrow-minded, flat-track bully. And what I mean by that is, yes, we will go out and smash Motherwell. We'll go out and beat more Scottish teams than not. Of course we will. That will just happen. And I'm not, I'm not dismissing Neil Lennon's influence over that entirely but when you have the advantages that Celtic do you're going to win more games than not and my worry as it pertains to Europe is that as, as Melly says we're, we're a complete joke now we, we can't do anything in Europe can't lay a, lay a glove on any decent teams and, and yes I take Lazio and Ren and all that into account but that's that's the past now the last season was good but it's a long time ago we're talking about the present hmm. I, I worry that it not only opens you up to being shown up in Europe because you're not prepared for it because you think you're so much better than you are by beating the likes of Motherwell and Hibs and all that, that not only does it do that, it allows a Rangers to just creep up, creep up and gradually overtake you, to smell blood and then gradually just sneak past you and that's exactly what they've done. I'm not for a minute conceding the league here because that would be absurd of me, but right here and now in November 2020, Rangers are the better team. Winning the 10 has gone from being an inevitable procession to being an underdog story. (laughs) Celtic are now underdogs for this league. That's the bare facts of it. That's not my opinion. Don't get me wrong. If Celtic win the league, it's going to be all the better because we defied the odds and made history in that way. But just on the face of it just now, it's it's not looking that way. Who do you get in? Let's turn our attention to who who we get in or what sort of manager will take this job. Because I think... As I've said before in podcasts, I think that the hierarchy at Celtic, I have no faith in them being able to bring in a guy that can do the job. And I've been thinking about this a lot a couple of weeks. I think we need to forget any notion of Brendan Rodgers or a Brendan Rodgers level manager coming into Celtic. To use that tired old cliche that I've used, Brendan Rodgers is the Armani suit that you find in a charity shop. A one-off. The stars aligned. He needed to rebuild his reputation. I've said that a million times before and he comes into Celtic and it worked for all parties, but he left. So I think we need to forget any notion of Brendan Rodgers. But what's very telling for me is the minute Brendan Rodgers left, we go back and get Neil Lennon. Again, spoke about it a million times. A guy whose CV didn't read anywhere near what, what Celtic should get. Who comes in at this stage? Who who comes in at this stage? And do you trust the people that are in charge to do it? Because I'm going to say something that I never thought I'd say, but I honestly think that the board might have been onto something with Ronnie Dyla. I think with the board appointed Ronnie Dyla, they thought we cannot go out and get the manager of the day, the Jurgen Klopp we can't go out and go and buy another Armani suit, or buy an Armani suit we need to find Jurgen Klopp before he's Jurgen Klopp yeah. so they went well, out and got Ron- what they do to, to players, to, to yeah, the management huh. role is what you're saying, right, okay and they went out and got Ronnie Dyla, and it didn't work and they just threw the whole plan in the bin yeah. but they should have, of four. Or, they should have went well that Ronnie Dyla one didn't work but you know what? Here's another three guys on lists. And I bet if you'd made a list of four or five Ronnie Dialas, everyone but Ronnie Dyla would be managing top European teams at the moment. Yeah. Mm. Like Marco Rosa and all these guys that were at smaller European clubs. But we threw that whole plan in the bin when Brendan Rodgers came by. And that's fine. But we didn't return to it. And we should have returned to that yeah. plan. Now, we're here. We've got Neil Lennon. 
let's just make the assumption it's not working out, Melly. Let's make the assumption that the board are going to make a change. I don't need a name off you, but give me a profile. Give me the profile of a manager that comes in and fixes this. It will be somebody like Ronnie Dyla or Brendan Rogers. I know they're quite wide in a variety of quality, but somebody that develops players, somebody that comes in and has a holistic approach to the club, because right now the club doesn't have a plan. It doesn't have a plan. The plan is win this league and then we'll maybe change it up after that. That's ridiculous. This is just another league to win. Next year's the same, another league to win. I know there's a 10 here, but we need somebody to come in, have no, I'm a talking plan. about now. If you sack Neil Lennon next week, do you think you can bring in a guy like Ronnie Dyla to rescue this season? Like a, a guy with a plan, or like a project? Who do you bring in now? I'm talking about now. Yeah, well, you've already said it. The players are all there. The players are there. They just need a system to work with because these players have showed before in the past, the ones that were here under Rodgers, they can perform way beyond the expectation if they know exactly what they're doing. I, I can sit here and name you a starting 11 and you go, that's a great Celtic team. That's not mm. far off the Invincible team. But it's not working because we're getting picked off in Europe and picked off against good teams because we're getting tactically outclassed. We need a coach who comes in, develops players and sells them on. That's what Celtic's all about, but we've got a coach who doesn't do that. We need somebody who's going to tell these players exactly what they have to do, give them responsibility, and then it takes away any sort of notion that it was all your fault if this doesn't work out. Lennon just comes out and says, the players didn't do this. Well, see, if they know exactly what they're doing, they can hold their hands up, but they don't look like that. So we need somebody who has a clear, clear plan, a clear plan of how he's going to play and a clear plan of how to develop players. Somebody like Eddie Howe off the top of my head, he might take it, he might not, but you ask the question, you go and ask these guys because they're out there. Neil Lennon is a Celtic legend, but there's a million better managers out there than Neil Lennon. Loads of better managers out there than Neil Lennon. And this job is a great job. Celtic are nine points behind with two games in hand, with a great squad and the chance to win the biggest title in their history. I would love to take that job. I think MD would. Look what coming to There's Celtic one application. Done. There's one application in so far. <laughs> Melly's no bad at the old football manager, isn't he? Jesus, some of the things he's done. Look what Celtic done for Brendan Rodgers. He's at the probably the biggest team he could have got out with the top six and he's made them into a top six. They're top of the league right now, I think. So yeah. there, are, there are guys out there who would go, do you know what? This is a great opportunity right now. This team aren't out of this league. Maybe Europe's out the way, but at least then I'll have a free, free run at it in the league. All I need to do is win this league. I'm a legend and then I can go for there. And we're in, what, November? So we go from November right through to March with no international break. And you've got the January window. Smashing job. It comes back to the people behind the scenes though for me, yeah. Stephen. If Celtic were running, we know we're not, so it's too late to change that in many ways. There's almost yeah. no point moaning about that. But the the board should have a, a short list here of potential managers who can come in. They, sh they, they absolutely should. Like there's some because CDs all times, somewhere that they can yeah, all things. But what we need to be aware of is the, the people that have turned the, the Celtic job down. I was listening to Stephen McGowan talk on another podcast recently, the, the journalist who's obviously quite close to things at Celtic. And he says, I think David Moyes has been offered or been let known that the Celtic job's his if he wants it at least three times mm. and has turned it down three times. And, and then in Steve McGowan's world, that's a Celtic fan for Drumchapel who was out of a job <laughs> yeah. at the time. He's So uh, this is what you're looking at. You're looking, who could possibly, who could possibly come in? What profile, Stephen? Uh, I know, we know what the job needs done. We know what opportunities are there. So we know the task in hand. We know that the tools to do the job are there. The bit that's missing in the middle is a manager to join those two bits together. What profile 
do you think of manager? Can and should we get? Oh, how long have we got here? How long have we been going? I mean, do we <laughs> go for a, like, let me, let me throw you a bone. Do we go for a, a no-nonsense? Do we go for a no-nonsense Sam Allardyce type manager oh, who's, who gets come in wipey. that just, look, do we just go for somebody like that, right? I'm not saying Sam Allardyce, but an old guy, long in the tooth, comes oh, in and just does a short-term job. That's, or, that's Gordon Strachan in it. That's what he came in hmm. for. Oh, absolutely not. Never mind years, but I know what you're saying, Melly. Or do we go out and push the boat out and say something, manager, go, look, you need to help us out here. Here's five million quid for six months' work. Come and restore your career. So and, and give, and it does the, again, give it gigs at the end of the season. Oh, no, <laughs> he's, he's getting... Oh, oh he's, he's cancelled now. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, right, I know. Right, I think sometimes what, Melly, what we're describing here about the, the guy with the holistic approach who's going to take a long-term plan and implement it and develop the club from the from the grassroots up, right? I, th- I think that's what we all need or what the club needs long-term. I think the, the club needs to stop making decisions based on the 10 because it, it, we're absolutely suffocated by it. We are hostages to the 10. And I, I'm not dismissing it. What I mean is, if you start making decisions that are going to improve the team and the club, you'll win the league. Yeah. And there, and after that comes winning the 10, right? You don't you don't yeah. throw all the eggs in the winning the 10 basket. You just try and win the league. What I think we maybe worry about too much is that a manager coming in will take too long. But that doesn't always happen. Look, managers come in and have an almost instant impact. It only takes a handful of games, really, to get a, a, a squad going. I find it difficult to believe that a manager could come in and totally torpedo this Celtic team and all of a sudden we're fifth in the league. You know, that, no, that risk yeah. that we're worrying about simply isn't realistic. That's not going to happen. Again, it's a wee bit no, of a cliche. No, uh, let me just, sorry to cut in, but is the risk not you bin Neil Lennon, you make a big song and dance about bringing in another guy, you give him some money to spend in the January window and he blows it and all and you're left thinking, might be better off just keeping the alert. Oh, that, that's well, the difficulty because that's, that, that's going to be the perception. Ask. Yeah, that's going to be that, that, But that would be the story. The story would be, yeah. we've been the manager, we've brought in Mr. X, he's got another 10 million quid to spend cool. in the January window. It does sound cool, doesn't he? Think of the short sales. <laughs> Mr. Um, X. <laughs> and then he still didn't win the league. So you'd yeah. Mulberry stuff, Mulberry in the January window stuff. <laughs> Uh, Except we're a manager this time and not Robbie Keane. I know it's, it's hindsight again, but right now, if I was to ask you, Jamie, will Celtic win the league with Neil Lennon in charge? I'm not confident of that. But yeah. unless so you could, ask could, that question, unless you could, yeah, I mean, I suppose what the pitch is to a manager, Stephen, is just you're going to a manager and going, would you like from three points behind to come and win one of the easiest leagues in Europe, right? <laughs> the Scottish Premier yeah. League with a team who's more or less done it for the last nine years who've had fortunes spent on them in the summer who's the most expensively assembled Scottish football team for the best part of two decades and all you need to do is uh, beat Steven Gerrard's Rangers team which has been cobbled together by a rookie manager um, from players for Dundee and fucking Cardiff and Bournemouth and wherever else Rangers get the player and then yeah. any manager would all go seems so simple. I, I fancy a bit of that mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it all seems so easy when you put it like that doesn't it so why aren't we doing it Ugh, look, it's very difficult and I hate I absolutely hate dedicating an, almost an entire podcast to having to talk in these terms I hate it well, because do. yeah exactly we we do not we did not set out to be the the anti-Neil Lennon the Arsenal fan TV for Neil Lennon uh, that's mm. not that's not our that's not, I don't think all. that's what we are like I no, said not, at the top not, of the show yeah. Stephen no and I'm not accusing that but I'm said at the top of the show we couldn't have had we didn't have to have this conversation we could have just discussed exactly what happened and I think 99% of listeners would be yeah. on the same conclusion as us aye that's another worrying thing recently about you know the, the, the big debate over Neil Lennon's job is that 
I think sometimes we're expected to forget these massive, massive blows. Let's see, getting gubbed off Rangers not, not so long ago, and it was an embarrassing performance. We, we are then led to believe that it's all just a media conspiracy. Nobody nobody wants Neil Lennon out. It's, you're all just being programmed by the media to believe that there's a crisis. Right, okay, right, well, I'll give you that one. But then you go and get absolutely horsed off Sparta Prague not too long later. And again, we're like, well, how many of these do you want us to forget? At this yeah. at this point, because these are mounting up and they're, they're it's a body of work now. Yeah. Right, it's it's unacceptable result after unacceptable result, and it's 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 depressing to be honest to be in this season and in this position and so deep into the season now because we've somehow managed to it's managed to creep up and all of a sudden we're twelve games game into this. Right, is that right? Is that right? I mean, it, it's a miserable position to be in. We can only the best we can hope for is that we are sitting here in a couple of weeks' time or three or four weeks' time after the international break and everything's sorted, looking back on how ridiculous we were being on on this podcast. <laughs> I mean that episode we were talking about Neil Lennon's job. Well, knee jerk or we be? Yeah, and we would love that. Aye, we would love but, that. The, but the problem is, is this has been building, and this is a position we find ourselves in after a, a as you describe it, a body of work, a mounting evidence, and it's and it's everything. The reasons that we now probably feel, I don't want to speak for everyone, but the reasons that we probably feel that this has gone too far is everything we've talked about tonight, all this stuff that's coming out of the club, all this stuff about how players aren't happy and there's a, a poisonous guy. He didn't use that word, poisonous, but what are we supposed mm. to believe about the culture if it isn't if it isn't broken, right? That the culture and the you know, players were in a way and it's, it's, it's all of these things that are the problem and not all of them will be Neil Lennon's fault, of course, but... At the end of the day, if the culture truly is broken at the club, then the way to fix that is to get rid of the most influential, you know, the people who yeah. instilled that culture, whether they meant to or not, and of course they didn't mean to. If they are the problem, that's who you get rid of. And I mean, it's just it's a sad state of affairs, and I don't want to be talking in these terms, but here we are. And I just want I just want to wrap up by by saying this uh, genuinely: if Celtic lose this league, there's going to be a massive autopsy. And everyone should cop it because yeah. the financial advantage yeah. and the financial we've had over the years over a team who, by all, everyone's admission, were created from ashes not a decade yeah. ago to come on and, and win the league against a, a Celtic team that's had the massive advantage in terms of everything that we've got. The autopsy is going to be massive, right? But we, I want Neil Lennon to turn it around. And, and I'm course, being honest with that. I want yeah. him to turn that around. I want the Celtic manager to turn this around. I'm just now worried at the body of work we're seeing that we're not getting it. And just my final point on it, and the reason I'm getting worried as well by Neil Lennon's words and actions is because there's a lot of excuses. And I'm not saying that to be cruel or mean or overly harsh, but in, in, in sport, in top-level sport, you hardly ever hear winners talk about excuses. Who's that stupid boxer, Stephen or Melly, the guy that says, oh, my suit was too heavy or my gloves were too... Wilder. Him. He's like a laughing stock now. And yeah. I'm not saying Celtic at that level, but every week it's COVID, it's bowling goalie, it's call offs, it's international, international break, fatigue, international break, fatigue, conspiracy theories. You know, every single week there's an excuse. And I just want you don't ever get that when you're winning. So, final word on it. I want Neil Lennon to turn it around. I'm just worried that he can't. Melly, final words. Final word, Jamie, I'll just put that right back on you. If Celtic win the league this season, would you want Neil Lennon to be manager next year? Depends on what standard he wins the league. See if something happens over the next week and he comes back and wins every game and batters every day 5-0 like he did after January. Then I would say, aye, let's take a look at it. I don't think he will be, but there's still time for him to turn it around. There's still time for him to turn it around. 
That's the issue. But now. if you're saying stop now, based on what I've seen so far, I want him to be manager next year. If he stumbles across the line, then the answer's no. Look, it's just because the league's not enough for me. It's not enough. I don't want to just no. scrape by and win the league. I want to be in Europe competing that competing like I've already spoke about. And when Neil Lennon in charge, I don't think we can do that anymore. So that why that's why if we got to the end of the season and we Celtic don't win the league, this is the point where we go. That was the point we should have we should have done it. We said a win against Motherwell does not make up for the fact that you get absolutely ripped apart by a Sparta Prague team. That was the point we should have cut the ties, and that was the point where it was still conceivable that we can win the league. Now, hopefully, we can we can win the league. I obviously want that, but going forward, I don't see Neil Lennon as the man to take Celtic on in the next couple of years. And we have to look at that. We can't just look at this league and go, yep. "It's all about this." Stephen, final words. Well, this has been fun, lads. Uh, same time again <laughs> next week. <laughs> I don't want to keep going over it, but if you're the Celtic manager, I want to be entertained and watch attacking football. I'm not getting that. I want you to win the league. We're not getting that. And I want you to compete in Europe. We're not getting that. Now, so you're having none of your boxes ticked. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm having none of my boxes ticked and I'm having to watch it in the house, which makes it a whole lot worse. So it's uh, a big... There's another excuse. Fans not back in the stadium. Thanks yep. for reminding me of that one. That's another mm. one that we heard. It's just, as it was said in the film, Sparta, are you not entertained? I'm not. Sorry, Neil. I'm not entertained. Stephen Melly, they're confusing uh, the movie 300 <laughs> with the movie Gladiator. Oh, so um, am. With <laughs> Russell Crowe. Yeah, 300 was the CGI fest nonsense with yeah. Gerard Butler. And Gladiator was the sprawling Oscar-laden epic with Russell Crowe. Scott, e- yeah. The, yeah, easy to see. You they got the gist confused. of it anyway. You Have you got any ham-fisted movie references, Stephen, that you would like to sum up? I Neil often do. Let's life? face it, yeah. I often yeah. do. Um, I'm often full of movie, ham-fisted, shoehorned in movie and all TV references in here. But is so bad that it has neutralised my, my, my quote finding abilities to it. so I'm going to have to let you down on this occasion and on that bombshell I would just like to wrap up I'd like to thank you guys the listeners for tuning in every week and giving us your feedback and your reviews bit of a long episode this week so we'll do the reviews competition next week we'll uh, yeah. announce our winner of our favourite five star review Stephen would you like to say goodbye goodbye folks Melly would you like to say goodbye Oh, I can mess this one up. Goodbye, folks. <laughs> and I just want to say also a special thanks to all our patrons who support us over on Patreon. You can check that out at patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. But most of all, thanks for listening. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365 day returns.